Welcome back to Mainstream Matchups, and thanks for listening. I'm your host, Tyler James. We're thankful to have back our football analyst, Chris Young, and our soccer analyst, Sam D. How you doing today, man? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. What's on your mind right now? What are we looking forward to in the Week 5 recap of the EPL? Well, I had 4 correct out of 10, 3 incorrect, and 3 that are same. I called one a tie, and one team took it. One way or the other. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. One thing that stood out to me is Watford. I think they looked really strong against Man United, even though towards the end when they kind of got scored on, I think they took a hit and they really couldn't keep going after that. That's why they took another quick goal right after. I would definitely agree. That is actually why I had them winning 2-1 to versus Manchester United, because I just saw it as one of those games where it could go one way or the other, right? Um, historically, and I suppose logically to a certain extent, you'd say that Manchester United would take it. But seeing how each team is vibing right now, you say Watford is looking good and Manchester United really is still not out of its own way. And I, and I think that can also be said about Arsenal as well, who also got a win over Newcastle, 1-2. to two. What was Arsenal able to do to get that victory? Arsenal, like Manchester United, hasn't yet found what he needs to do from now on to the future, right? And they were able to go above a Newcastle that is, again, at best, mid-range. They were just, you know, they were regulated a couple of years ago just to come back now, so... Exactly. I think, I mean, Arsenal, the good thing is that it's winning, right? Exactly. Um, and when things are, when you're winning, at least you're not uh, feeling bad, and... You can at least ride the good vibes until you find your feet. I think that is especially important for Arsenal right now because they're under new coaching right now, and they just need some good stuff going in their direction. I think the biggest game of the week was Tottenham Hotspurs versus Liverpool. Excuse me for a second, but uh, how long has this season been going on? Are we halfway into this season? No, 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 it's early, early. Super early? Yeah, so So this week is the sixth uh, week. Oh, it's the sixth week. Oh, okay. They call it match days. but yes. So it's technically almost around the same time as the NFL started. I mean, because yeah, preseason yeah, yeah, started yeah, yeah, yeah. about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then the difference with this is they play 38 league games. There are 20 teams, so yeah, 38. Yeah. I mean, what's the turnover rate? Like, is there, there subs every... Like, how big are teams in, like, pro soccer compared to, like, pro football? So you bring 18 players to... To, to a match? To a game, right? Sure. Because um, you have a slot for seven um, subs and then 11 players play. Okay, yeah, um, well, that makes sense. Okay. And when you go to, like, the Champions League, you can roster, I believe, 21 to 24 players in your Champions League. But, again, every time you go, you only have 18 players able okay. to play. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. In every game, you can only sub three players. So, like, does it get counted how many times you sub somebody again? Well, somebody can only sub in one time. So, so if you, you were to get subbed in and say you, you get hurt, the entire game. you can't have a sub replace that injury, I believe, right? Or no, no, you can. Oh no, but you have to use up your other sub. But if you get subbed, you can't come back in because that would count as if, two yeah, if you, subs. If you get no, if you get subbed out, you can't come back. Yeah, in. yeah, that's they, what I'm if saying. If yeah. you get subbed in, you can get back out 
as long as as long as it's an injury. No, no, no. You can get subbed out, whatever, right? The thing is, you your team has to have enough subs left. Right. So then, if you get injured after if your team has, we both used up our three uh, subs, right? And then your team gets injured. Guess what? You're playing with ten players. I'm playing with eleven. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's get back on to Tottenham versus Liverpool. What was the biggest thing for Liverpool to be able to get a victory against Hotspur? I was saying that I thought it was going to be a big scoring game, or at least there'd be a lot of opportunity, right? And each team did have a lot of opportunity. If I remember correctly, Liverpool actually scored in the first 47 seconds. Firmino scored, but it was called offside because Mane was involved in the play, and he happened to be outside. Right? So it was that kind of game. And in the end, Liverpool was able to... It makes sense. Liverpool has the bigger guns, right? Tottenham still has guns enough to, like... They can make five chances in a game, right? And score three. But Liverpool will make ten chances, and, like, they might score five, you know? And so Liverpool was able to score theirs, right? Tottenham wasn't able to capitalize on theirs, on that end, you know? Liverpool's just too strong at the moment, and Tottenham just could not do it. Nothing to take away from Tottenham. They had their chances, but Liverpool just had more chances. And being able to close out a game, I think, is extremely important. You have to play the entire game. There's no breaks. That's the thing. Liverpool did not have that before, right? And uh, having um, Virgil on the team has really stabilized a lot, right? Not to take away from their the defense, right? Yeah, the fullbacks are playing amazingly. These are top class players right now. And the only reason why we don't call them top class is because, well, they're so young. But for two years now, they've been playing at this top level, right? Van Dyke has come in, further stabilized the team, right? And now they can even afford to gamble on Joe Gomez, right? And if you're then looking at, okay, if some of one of these guys gets hurt, Bar Van Dyke, we're fine because we have Matip in. You know, we have a lot of backup. I was gonna say, yeah, Liverpool is a, a deep team in, a defensively. Team. You know, and they've always been known to have a very solid defense. Right. I was just looking at the team roster today, and they have Klein in the back. They also have Moreno, who's not terrible. Alberto yeah. Moreno, yeah. Moreno, yeah. Moreno. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good matchup. And then uh, Chelsea versus Cardiff City. Chelsea gets four. To Cardiff's one. What was Chelsea able to do to be able to go ahead and control that game? That was one of those games that I definitely almost got correct. I had three, one. Chelsea just overpowered of Cardiff. Cardiff had no chances. They fought hard. They got themselves a goal. But you're playing against Chelsea, where Jorginho is playing very well. Conte is playing very well. And now Hazard is a free to express himself in a way that he couldn't necessarily do under other coaches. Mourinho had him tasked at defense too much, right? Now, it's really Hazard stays up top, and Jorginho brings the ball to him. Conte is there to further bring the ball to him. And those guys work so hard, right, that Hazard is free to express himself offensively, and also he has less burdens defensively as well. I mean, even the fullback brings the ball. Alonso brings the ball to him, and not in the same way that other fullbacks bring. He brings it calmly. Like he, he, this guy, I've never seen such a, a fullback be in the other team's box, right? So many times. Yeah, he's very offensive-minded. Right. right. It's nice to see, you know, Hazard to go ahead and put up a hat trick. Yet they're so balanced. Oh, man. And like you said, 
unlike when he was at Belgium, I think they learned that he was able to be able to do whatever he wanted if you were to put him up at the top of the forward. Right. And they realized you can do anything you want and break out of any way. Because he's able to hold it right. regardless of who's on him, which I thought is very impressive, especially with his size. Right, exactly. Did you have uh, any games that kind of you were just kind of upset, like, whoa, that was a big upset this week? I mean, I suppose the Everton lost pretty badly. To 0 and 4 West Ham, yeah, to that's West right. Ham. And I just suspected that West Ham at some point will get better. I was looking at the roster and I saw that their new signing, um, I think the Brazilian his name, but he's one of their creative outlets, but he has the most tackles on the team. Right? So I think, again, trying to get him playing more advanced, right? trying to get him a little bit off of the defensive end of it and more towards attacking, I think that would suit them. And I think Everton... It was terrible that they lost Richarlson um, last week to a... It was an unfortunate red card, right? I think it was unfortunate because, again, he's young and still hasn't learned not to pick up such bad cards. He'll be back this week against Arsenal, and that should be interesting. Because, again, I am saying that he's going to be one of the next Galacticos. Ooh, how many uh, red cards do you usually see per weekend? It's hard to say. Yeah, man. This is like the average. Uh, I'd probably, probably say like three or four, maybe. Yeah. What about injuries? Do you see a lot more injuries on the weekend? Dude, um, injuries that take a person out of the next game? Or are you just talking about like the thing is, soccer's played at such a high level right now that it, one can see how it makes people more prone to injury. At the same time, there's never been so much money invested in keeping these guys from getting injured, which force is, I suppose, greater in the end. I was going to say, in Watford, Manchester United, uh, Matic, he went ahead and got a red card at the end, too. He, got, he picked up his second yellow. I think the 91st minute or something like that. But right. it just depends on the game flow. It just kind of depends on the ref. It has a lot of different variables that really kind of dictate whether or not you're going to be able to be put even in a position to get a red card. So. Exactly. Some refs rather just have you guys just play it out. I mean, and that's very normal of the EPL, the English Premier League. Other refs will want to, like, assert from the very get-go, you know? And so, like, then it's a clash. Players respect what, that he's asserting his thing, or are they going to challenge him? And then how far does he have to escalate the situation? So you can't ever say that it's going to be three fouls, three reds this week, or, you know, it's, it's a lot. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And even there's, sometimes it's even actually beneficial for your team to get a yellow card, because that means that you missed this game, therefore next game you now have a clean slate as hard as you want, right? And some certain coaches, Jose Mourinho, <laughs> have <laughs> done these things. Right. And, and I'm at this point now where I'm like, how sacred are some of these things? Again, soccer is strategic, right? How strategic do you play? And at what point are you just killing the spirit of the game? Again, this is a lot of money. You know, should he do it? Should he not do it? Let's get back to our matchup. So we got Manchester City versus Fulham. Man City got the win 3-0. Do you think there's a team out there that can really stop Manchester City consistently? Consistently? I don't know. 
Chelsea could slow them down on a consistent basis. Ten game series. I'd say Liverpool versus Manchester City. Three games Liverpool, four games Manchester City. One of those games Liverpool, a couple of those games Liverpool crushes them. Manchester City blows them out one game pretty badly. Right? It's one of those things. But who's going to last longer this season is going to be informed by the depth of the squad. And Manchester City's squad is ridiculously deep. Ridiculously deep. <laughs> well, let's start getting into week six matchups here. On Saturday, our first matchup we got is Watford versus Fulham. Who do you have winning that game? I think Manchester City played really well. And I think Fulham right, also has doing, you know, against a not-so-good team, they could have done better. So I said it'd be a win for Watford, and I think it would be up to Troy Deeney and Roberto Pereira. Watford's offense has been better than Fulham's, and on Fulham's team, though, they could do very well if Seri plays well and if Mitrovic plays well. Uh, Seri is the one that they picked up from France. I believe Manchester United wanted him. Another big team wanted him, and then he said, well, in the end, they didn't convince me enough that they wanted me. And I think another player on Watford to, to highlight is Dukure. Oh, yes. Dukure. Man, he was looking good. I yeah. like him, man. He looks really nice. And, and then, like, like you said, Pereira on the wing, man, he looks fast and he's special. And he's taking those shots, Dukure. Yep. So you have Watford winning. Exactly. Our next matchup we got is Man United versus Wolves. I'm going to have to go with Manchester United. They have now proven that they can win on a decent system basis. For going for them, they are scoring 1.6 goals per game right, versus Wolves 1. But Wolves have had two clean sheets. And Manchester United has only had one. Right? So again, it's not clear that they're going to win. But I think that they're going to win. Though, players to watch out for on the Wolves team are Neves with his free kick for him. And Moutinho, who I had said was playing, I think, at Huddlesfield last week. But he plays at Wolves, <laughs> right? And under Nuno, right, the Portuguese coach. Yep. And he's also dangerous. And again, the goalkeeper is top. And he's quality. It's a tough defense. But Manchester United, Pogba has them playing better. And he looks more relaxed, right? Last week, they showed... Again, that they can play well with Matic and Fellaini. Yeah, I was going to just bring that up because Marino, what he was doing, he brought Matic and Fellaini back, and right. then he let his fullbacks go and press up high. Right. And that really threw them off in the beginning of the game and then later on in the second half. So. Right. That is their best three. Again, it reminds me of the old school um, giant players, right, um, that are really good with their feet as well. Right? And obviously the, the disadvantage of like a quick little guy like going through you guys, right? But the positives of having these long-legged dudes in the middle are just immense, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen a really big impact from Filani this year. And then Matic as well. A lot of it, I feel like, is just physicality. And they just play really quick, really smart, and then they get up the field. Maybe some of it has to do with experience, but you can definitely see that they do less than Fred and all the others, yet they do more. I agree. Fred really needs the ball to be 
effective in the game, it seems like. And Fellaini, he was effective in Everton. Right. And that's where he really made his name, in my opinion. Him and uh, the South African player. Pierrene. I can't. Pinar. Pinar. Yes. Oh, man, I loved him. Oh, my goodness. Bringing back the old times. Our next matchup we got is Crystal Palace versus Newcastle United. Who you got winning this game? It's just one of those games that... Could uh, go either way, probably. Right. But Palace does have some guns. Palace most definitely has some guns in Zaha. Yep. Right? Uh, they have Kuyate, fellow countryman. Right? <laughs> Kuyate I really like, right? And not just because he's Senegalese, but because, again, I like these giant dudes who can, you know, play. Right? Like a Busquets type. Gotcha, gotcha. And utilize well. This guy has, like, he's able to bring the ball from your half to the other half very easily, right? Under complete control. Um, and he scores headers. So that's, they have dangerous players who have proven themselves in the EPL. On the other hand, Castle has Salomon Rondon, who's, been, who's scored many goals in the past, right? Not my favorite forward. He also but, does a good job in the possession game, holding exactly. up, because he's a stronger, more physical forward. Exactly. And then you have another countryman, Mohamed Yame. I'd say he's a sort of... Uh, so you have a Busquets, you know, in the Kuyates, and then you have, like... I don't even want... I don't want to say Yaya Toure, but, like, say um, Yaya Toure that's not as technical. Okay. Diame like, still gives you the positives of a tall, coordinated player, but Kuyate is just much more just fluid. So, I think it'll be a good game, but in the end, I think we're going to have to give it to that state, Crystal Palace. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Our next matchup is Leicester City versus Huddersfield. It's going to have to go to Leicester. Yeah, Huddersfield is um, averaging 0.4 goals per game, while Leicester, though, they're not doing terrific. They are at 11th place. They average 1.6 goals per game. And, again, their defense isn't great, averaging 1.8 goals per game against them. But Huddlesfield is even worse at 2.2 goals per game. So um, it's going to be Leicester just because they have a better defense, though not great, and a much better offense. And I, and I agree. Right. And Madison and Vardy are just too good. And all Brighton. I'd say Huddlesfield, again, is inexperienced, but I think they're an exciting team, nonetheless. Cardiff City coming off a hard loss against Chelsea, now going up against Man City. Do you see their fortunes changing at all? Yeah, I am seeing fortunes changing, but for the worse. (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea will squeeze the life out of you, but Manchester City will do it violently. (laughs) <laughs> I um, can't see anything good coming out of this. They've tied two games. They've lost three games. They scored three times in five games, and they've been scored on nine times in five games. And so, obviously, the odds are not good in their favor. Manchester City is with three wins, 13 goals in five games, four conceded in five games. Yeah, they can score a lot. So it seems like the odds are in Man City's favor. Yeah, waves, waves of goals. Hopefully not too many, because we want Cardiff City to still feel good about themselves at the end of the day. Yeah, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. They have a lot of money to make them feel good. There we go. Bright side. Next matchup we have is Liverpool versus Southampton. My goodness. 
This is probably going to be one of the better games, I think, of the week. How do you see this result ending up? Did you see the game yesterday? The Liverpool versus PSG game? Yes, I did. Oh, my goodness. You see how they put in Sturridge to play for Firmino for 70 minutes. That means that Firmino is ready next game to play even longer. So you're thinking future already. Right. And I'm thinking that the eye problem of Firmino became a positive thing because... Or rather, they rested Firmino for the game against Southampton. And they gave Sturridge some playing time, which will have aided his confidence. So here they've just gotten a fresh player, right? A refreshed player in Firmino. And they've just boosted the confidence of a player who's worth $50 million playing at his quality best. So is it safe to say that you have Liverpool winning that Liverpool game? Liverpool is going to win this game. Danny Ings was sort of a Liverpool reject, right? Again, Liverpool reject because you have storage Firmino um, to compete with against Shakiri, Mane, right? Danny Ings, he scored last week. Um, you have Nathan Redman, who's dangerous, right? With his speed, you have um, Ryan Bertrand. These guys are good. These guys will play in the Southamptons, in the Everton. But the next step is Lalana, right? Then the next step is Mane, right? And these guys are two steps behind. Gotcha. The next matchup we have is Burnley versus Bournemouth. Who do you have winning that game? I say that the game will go to Bournemouth. So they're tied. So, like, Bournemouth is at two wins, two losses. And it looks like Burnley is also at two wins, two losses. Unless I am mistaken. Burnley's roster has only Stephen Dufour of significance really, Joe Hart, but Bournemouth, on the other hand, has Josh King, Jordan Ibe, Cullum Wilson. They have a solid defense and a solid offense, and I think in the end they'll just carry it. Sounds good. Then our last matchups uh, on Saturday end in Brighton versus Tottenham. Tottenham is going to win this game against Brighton, probably. I just read the other day that Pochettino is in his like worst series of games, right, for Tottenham since I don't know, like ever. And at some point these short series of games start to become part of your identity, right? So Tottenham was chiller for a long time, but if you have lose three, four games, right, you tie here and there, right? So suddenly you're not a team on a slump, but you're like a bad team. And I think Tottenham is now risking becoming a worse team. And Brighton is one of these new teams punish you, right, if you are not on your top game. Tottenham just lost again to Inter Milan, right? They're wounded, so they could come out very aggressively and they can just blow out this game. But on the other hand, just collapse miserably. And Murray, Brighton forward, who is 35 years old, something like that, is so good at protecting the ball. So good at doing these little things off of the ball that in the end give you so much surplus. And I think Tottenham, there's somebody that could give them issues. I think that's him. And he is old enough and now experienced enough at reading the weaknesses of these teams that I think if Tottenham has any weaknesses that come from just their condition right now. From them underperforming. Exactly, exactly. They're still miserable from the last game. If they still have doubts from that, I think he 
might be able to take advantage of that. And that will then start causing issues. So it's definitely a game to look at then. Right. And Pochettino was just the other day talking about how he gave Son a break and how he might deserve a um, Korean barbecue or something like that. Just laughing his, uh, you know, laughing it up. Talking about how, you know, it could have been really terrible for him to let Son go out to um, Korea and play. But, you know, it ended up well. But if your team is losing, right, and though it's hard to make that connection between your team losing and one player not playing, people will start. People are going to start making that connection. Yep. Would have had would have been better for Son to be here, right? Next matchup we have uh, Sunday is West Ham versus Chelsea. How do you see that one playing out? West Ham just came from winning against Everton big, but it was an a wounded Everton. Now the next Galactico again. Chelsea just won another game. They are top of the league, and they will want to keep being at the top of the league. At this point, you're going against Liverpool to most people, is second uh, contender after Manchester City. The way that Chelsea is going to win above them, right, is by just making sure that, hey, I'm in front of you. Now I'm just not going to let you get past me. They have to be the most consistent team. And that is generally what Chelsea has been known to do, is that they will grab on and they will just not let go for the entirety of the league. Because if they stumble, Manchester City will beat them Liverpool will beat them, so Chelsea better win against a small team because they will lose against Manchester City and they will be crushed against against Liverpool. So you so so you have Chelsea winning. <laughs> yes. And then we have Arsenal versus Everton. Uh, Everton's coming off a hard loss. Arsenal coming away with a decent victory. How do you see this one playing out? Arsenal is going to score. I hope that Arsenal keeps Ganduzi around. Xhaka's playing well, and I know there's going to be pressure to play um, signing, but the kid is the future of Arsenal. Lacazette is a key in that team. He has to play. Ozil's playing well. How do you feel about Aubameyang? I don't know why people would not mix Aubameyang with Lacazette before. Aubameyang was perfectly fine playing as like an outsider forward, right? Yes, at some point became a very good central striker, Right, but this dude is killer on the outside. Let him play out wide. Let Ozil play out wide. And as Guardiola has shown, we don't have to have both fullbacks playing the same way. You know what I mean? One fullback can come in, one fullback can attack. Lacazette, Ozil is free to come into the middle, do his thing, switch with Lacazette a bit more, and then have just um, what's Obama Young just be more direct if that's what you want. But again, they could both be more free-flowing. And Lacazette is so good at the hold-up, and he's good at like making these runs. Uh, Arsenal is on a good path. The defense is the issue, right? Can Arsenal score more than Everton? This Richarlison kid is dangerous. He scores, it seems, when he wants. Against Mustafi, I don't have a lot of confidence in Mustafi. Arsenal's right fullback is fast, but... Bellerin. Bellerin is fast. But he's showing that he's not tactically. He still needs to improve. Kolesnik is good. Monreal, I like. Arsenal and Everton. I'm gonna say they'll tie, two-two. And you heard that here on mainstream matchups. And that's gonna conclude our EPL section.
of mainstream matches. Thanks for listening in, guys. We wanted to go ahead and give you guys some time to go ahead and make a shout-out for anything that you guys have personally going on. And go ahead and shout it out to the world and let them know about it. Who wants to start it off? I'll start off. Sam D. Right. I am working with a couple of friends to do this individual and small group training, right? And our group at the moment, we have DOF Academy. We are based in the Twin Cities area and in the Shakopee area, right? So that's a shout out for DOF Academy, which will be more official in April. We have already started doing our trainings and stuff, but we really want to push it to the next level in April of next year. Yeah, what I like to say is make sure you go ahead and get your kid signed up for his teachings, man. This man is a wizard. If you're not having your kid a part of this program, your kid isn't getting better. So go ahead and get your kid signed up with DOF Academy now or never. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Sam D. Go ahead, Chris Young. Who do you want to go ahead and give a shout-out to? We got one of the oldest rivalries in St. Paul Friday. You know, these two guys know about it. They went to Central. I went to Highland, so we got it Friday. It's going to be popping. The Uh, musket. The musket game, obviously, at Central. We're definitely going to be those good sports and bring the musket there, unlike Central, who never brought their musket out. Hey, you know what? I think it's starting out very well. First, they chose the best field. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. (laughs) <laughs> Turf isn't better than natural field. We're the oldest natural field in St. Paul. We got the best field out there. Oh, That's why man. Minnesota Thunder played there for years. I don't see them playing at Highland. I don't see them playing at Highland. So we got a game Friday. You know, come out and support it. Highland's got a rough start, 0-3. Central's got a, a decent start. The only team they beat was Johnson by two points. They're 1-2. and two. Both tough seasons so far. Everybody's dealing with number problems. Go out and support some high school football in St. Paul. Going to be the biggest game out there, though. It's going to be around 7 o'clock Friday at Central. Um, if you got time, fill up the stands. Those stands are big enough for everybody in the city to come out. It's good, man. I really push for like people to really um, go in and support their community team. Because, yeah, it's, um, you got like the Vikings who are the, uh, the state's team. But in the end, the community is where it was at, right? Exactly. This guy, Adrian Peterson, he's going to come here this year. The next year, he's going to go and play at another place, right? Here, it's your kid. It's the um, kid next door. You know, the kids that are going to stay around, the kids that are going to help your community, right? Just make sure exactly. that everything in the end is positive for yourself and those that you love, right? So come out, support, make good vibes. Yep, and I appreciate it. And again, come see Highland vs. Central, 7 o'clock Friday. Friday. Yep, game. Make sure you come support local businesses and all that good stuff we were going here and talking on. And that's going to conclude our podcast for today. Thank you for joining us and listening in. This is your host, Tyler James, and we'll see you next week.